You are the people in history they warned us about! Pay attention! <laughs> Get ready. It's time for the Other American View podcast. Welcome to the Labor Day edition of the Other American View podcast. We're going to go into the history of Labor Day, as well as some interesting facts about Labor Day, some headlines that happened recently, as well as the college top 25 scores. So stick around. Get ready, buckle up, and let's go for a ride. Thanks for tuning in to The Other American View. Today's show is falling on a holiday, and that's Labor Day. So therefore, we're going to go into a little bit of Labor Day history, some events that have occurred on Labor Day, and we'll see what else we're going to drum up for this great show. So most of you know that Labor Day is a federal holiday, and it's usually falling on the first Monday in September, and it's to honor and recognize the American labor movement and the works and contributions of laborers to the development and achievements of the United States. States. The three-day weekend it falls on is called Labor Day weekend. So beginning late in the 19th century, as the trade unions and the labor movements grew, trade unionists proposed that a day be set aside to celebrate Labor Day was promoted by the Central Labor Union and the Knights of Labor, which organized the first parade in New York City. In 1887, Oregon was the first state of the United States to make it an official public holiday. By the time it became an official federal holiday in the 1894, 30 states in the U.S. officially celebrated Labor Day. Canada's Labor Day is also celebrated on the first Monday of September. More than 80 countries celebrate International Workers' Day on May 1st, the ancient European holiday of May Day. May Day was chosen by the Second International of Socialists and Communist Parties to commemorate the Haymarket Affair, which occurred in Chicago on May 4th, 1886. So beginning in the late 19th century, as the trade union and labor movements grew, diverse groups of trade unionists chose a variety of days on which to celebrate labor. In the United States, a September holiday called Labor Day was first proposed in the early 1800s. Alternative accounts of the event's origin exist. Descendants of two men with similar last names claim their great-grandfather was the true father of the holiday. According to one early history of Labor Day, the event originated in connection with General Assembly of the Knights of Labor convened in New York City in September 1882. In connection with this clandestine Knights Assembly, public parade of various labor organizations was held on September 5th under the auspices of the Central Labor Union of New York. Secretary of the CLU, Matthew McGuire, is credited for first proposing that a National Labor Day holiday subsequently be held on the first Monday of each September in the aftermath of this successful public demonstration. An alternative theory maintains that the idea of Labor Day was the brainchild of Peter McGuire, a vice president of the American Federation of Labor, who, after a visit to Toronto where he saw parades celebrating labor in May, had put forward the initial proposal in the spring of 1882. According to McGuire, on May 8, 1882, he made the proposition to the fledging Central Labor Union in New York City that a day be set aside for a general holiday for the laboring classes. 
According to McGuire, he further recommended that the event should begin with a street parade as a public demonstration of organized labor's solidarity and strength with the march followed by a picnic to which participating local unions could sell tickets as fundraiser. According to McGuire, he suggested the first Monday in September as an ideal date for such a public celebration owing to optimum weather and the date's place on the calendar sitting midway between the 4th of July and Thanksgiving public holidays. Labor Day picnics and other public gatherings frequently featured speeches by prominent labor leaders. In 1909, the American Federation of Labor Convention designated the Sunday preceding Labor Day as Labor Sunday to be dedicated to the spiritual and educational aspects of the labor movement. The secondary date failed to gain significant traction in popular culture, although some churches continue to acknowledge it. So about the legal recognition of Labor Day, apparently the popularity of the event spread across the country. And again, like we said, in 1887, Oregon became the first state of the United States to make Labor Day an official public holiday. And by 1894, 30 U.S. states were already officially celebrating Labor Day. So in that year, Congress passed a bill recognizing the first Monday of September as Labor Day and making it an official federal holiday. President Grover Cleveland signed the bill into law June 28th. Federal law, however, only made it a holiday for federal workers. As late as 1930s, unions were encouraging workers to strike to make sure they got the day off. All U.S. states, the District of Columbia, and the United States territories have subsequently made Labor Day a statutory holiday. So what about Labor Day versus May Day? The date of May 1st, which is the ancient European folk holiday known as May Day, emerged in 1886 as an alternative holiday for the celebration of labor, later becoming known as International Workers' Day. The date had its origins at the 1885 Convention of the American Federation of Labor, which passed a resolution calling for the adoption of an eight-hour day effective May 1st, 1886. While negotiation was envisioned for the achievement of the shortened workday, use of the strike to enforce this demand was recognized, with May 1st advocated as the date for coordinated strike action. Proximity of the date to the bloody Haymarket affair of May 4th, 1886, further accentuated May 1st's radical reputation. There was disagreement among the labor unions at this time about when the holiday celebrating workers should be, with some advocating for continued emphasis of September, March, and picnic date, while others sought the designation of a more politically charged date of May 1st. Conservative Democrat President Grover Cleveland was one of those concerned that a labor holiday on May 1st would tend to become commemoration of the Haymarket Affair and would strengthen socialist and anarchist movements that backed the May 1st commemoration around the globe. In 1887, he publicly supported the September Labor Day holiday as a less inflammatory alternative, formally adopting the date as the United States federal holiday through a law that he signed in 1894. Since the mid-1950s, the United States has celebrated Loyalty Day and Law Day on May 1st. Unlike Labor Day, neither are legal public holidays and therefore have remained relatively obscure. Loyalty Day is formally celebrated in a few cities, while some bar associations hold Law Day events to celebrate the rule of law. Labor Day is called the unofficial end of summer because it marks the end of the cultural summer season. Many take their two-week vacations during the two weeks ending Labor Day weekend. Many fall activities such as school sports begin about this time. And of course, in the United States, many school districts resume classes 
around Labor Day holiday weekend. Some begin the week before making Labor Day weekend the first three-day weekend of the school calendars, while others return the Tuesday following Labor Day. Many districts across the Midwest are opting to begin school after Labor Day. So apparently to take advantage of large numbers of potential customers with time to shop, Labor Day has become an important weekend for discounts and allowances by many retailers in the United States, especially back-to-school sales. Some retailers claim it's one of the largest sale dates of the year, second only to the Christmas season's Black Friday. So there you have it. You have a little bit of history on Labor Day. So some 10 fascinating Labor Day facts. One is the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, didn't know there was actually one, claims that between Memorial Day and Labor Day, Americans eat 7 billion hot dogs. Wow, that is an astounding 818 hot dogs eaten every second. Labor Day is also the unofficial end of the hot dog season and beginning of football season. The NFL usually plays its first official season game on the Thursday they following Labor Day. Another fact, number three, there is some dispute over who first proposed Labor Day as we covered before as the national holiday. Some sources claim it's Peter J. McGuire, the American labor leader and co-founder of the United Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners of America. Others say Matthew McGuire, a New Jersey machinist and VP nominee of the Socialist Party of America as the true father of Labor Day. Guess we'll never know. Fact number four, the tradition of not wearing white after Labor Day goes back to the Victorian era, where it was a fashion faux pas. The tradition isn't really followed anymore. The Emily Post Institute explains that white indicated you were still in vacation mode, so naturally when summer ended, so did wearing white. Hmm. Today we wear tank tops and bathing suits. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there is about 14 million union members. In 79, there was an estimated 21 million union leaders, which is indicating that the unions are in decline. And that's fact number five. Number six, interesting fact is the National Education Association is the biggest union today with roughly 3.2 million people, including inactive and lifetime members. Well, as we all know, they are corrupt, so we'll see how long that's going to last. They are the most powerful, for sure. At eight, we have in China, Labor Day was extended to three days during the 1990s. The Chinese government made it a seven-day holiday by moving the prior and upcoming weekends together with these three days. Holiday allowed millions of Chinese people to travel during this period. In 2009, the Chinese government reduced this holiday period down to one day while reviving three traditional Chinese holidays. The Dragon Boat Festival occurs near the summer solstice, Tomb Sweeping Day, which is the 15th day after the spring equinox, and Mid-Autumn Festival, which is late September or early October are those three holidays. Canada, as you know, also celebrates Labor Day on the first Monday of September. The origins can be traced back to December 1872 when a parade was staged in support of the Toronto Typographical Union strike for a 58-hour work week. Wow, 58 hours? Today, people don't want to work at all. They want to stay at home and take care of their kids while getting paid. It's wonderful. 
1955, for all you Southerners, the first Waffle House opened on Labor Day in Avondale Estates, Georgia. Well, the interesting thing today is I don't even think people, if you quiz them, have any idea whatsoever about the origins of Labor Day. They just figure, oh, it's time to barbecue. Labor Day, yeah, oh good, I got off. That's what they're thinking. So if you quizzed everybody, I'd be willing to bet probably the majority, meaning 51% or greater, will say, oh, well, it's, you know, for the people who work. But they're going to have no idea the history of it, why it came about, the founders of it, so to speak, even though there's controversy there. They're not going to know any details on that at all. So some quick headlines over this past few days. Bed Bath & Beyond CFO, who died after falling from NYC high-rise, was subject of insider trading and fraud, according to Business Insider. So Gustavo Arnall, who was found dead after falling from the 18th floor of the New York City apartment building, recently was named in a lawsuit accusing him of fraud. The incident occurred less than two weeks after the executive 52 was named in a federal class action lawsuit on allegations of federal securities fraud, insider trading, and a breach of fiduciary duty, according to the court documents. His death also comes just days after Bed Bath & Beyond announced it's shuttering 150 stores and slashing 20% of its corporate staff. Arnold is cited in the suit along with activist, investor, and GameStop chairman Ryan Cohen, who the lawsuit claims collaborated with the CFO and fraudulent scheme to artificially inflate the price of Bed Bath & Beyond publicly traded stock. Wonderful. So it does go on and give some more information. It says Arnold and Cohen sold shares of the company with Arnold selling more than 42,000 shares for an estimated 1 million and Cohen selling the entirety of his 9.8 stake through his firm RC Ventures causing shares to plummet. Under this arrangement, the defendants would profit handsomely from the rise in price and could coordinate their selling of shares to optimize their return. The loss suit states. Goes on to say, Cohen has historically employed pump and dump schemes to raise much needed capital and has ignited several meme stocks to jaw-dropping heights, the lawsuit states. There you go. Bunch of freaking scumbags. Good. Glad the guy's dead. I'm wondering if there was a hit on him. Somehow falls from the uh, building and dies? Or was he actually had too much of a conscience for doing this and ended up killing himself? And according to Complex, and we're not going to dig into this, this just goes back historically on many of our podcasts. The leader of Black Lives Matter Foundation accused of stealing $10 million from donors. No shit. They've been stealing from freaking day one. They jumped on this Floyd thing, promoted BLM, the money flew in, and they were robbing it left and right. No doubt about it. You've got to be kidding me. And according to Bloomberg, climate change is overwhelming U.S. flood maps, FEMA head says. Well, if there's a flood map in place, why are we allowing building to go on in flood zones? They do this all across the country. You got these scumbag politicians. They just want tax revenue and they're like, yeah, you can build there. And then what happens? The damn taxpayers got to end up footing the bill for these people who bought homes, especially in, I'll say, the New Jersey Shore area, which is where the other American View podcast is out of. These people end up getting getting bailouts and the insurance premiums for everybody else ends up having to compensate for their idiotic building of these homes, mostly second homes, on beachfront property. They have to stop overbuilding areas and especially in floodplains. Give us a break now.
And as some of you have probably seen in the news with Biden's speech, um, he's basically creating more separatism in this country than ever before. The Hill reports McCall. A lot of Republicans were very offended by Biden's speech. So Michael McCall from Texas said many Republicans were offended by President Biden's primetime speech last week that called out former President Trump and MAGA Republicans as extremists and a threat to democracy, McCall told a see this week, co-anchor Martha Raddatz, that Biden's Philadelphia address from Independence Hall that night had the opposite effect of unifying the nation because calling Republicans a threat to democracy is really a slap in the face. Raddatz noted that shortly after the Biden speech, McCall tweeted that attacking Republicans would only further divide the country, asking, when you look at those polls showing 60 to 70 percent of Republicans believe Joe Biden is not the legitimate president, what is Biden supposed to do when country cannot even decide what democracy means. Well, look, I mean, democracy is messy, but it's better than all the other forms of government. I think that if it was a speech to unify American people, it had just the opposite effect. It basically condemned all Republicans who supported Donald Trump in the last election. That's over 70 million people, McCall responded, adding, saying that Republicans are a threat to democracy is really a slap in the face. So before Biden's speech, he had compared the MAGA philosophy to the semi fascism drawing the ire of Republicans. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu said that the president owes an apology to Republicans for the fascism comment, a call echoed by others in the GOP. Well, we know that Biden's a complete scumbag. He's a chronic liar. He's lied through his whole political career. He's supposed to be the great uniter. He's fucked up everything he's touched. Even the former president, Obama, said if Biden has to get involved or make a decision, he'll fuck it up. Our country is at its worst ever. You think someone with 40 plus years of experience should be able to walk into the presidency, know exactly what to do, know exactly who are the people to run each of his departments, and have a well-run United States. Instead, it's the exact opposite. It's so fucking messed up. It's unbelievable. Time for sports headlines. Oh boy, according to Bro Bible, a very sad Tom Brady is reportedly heartbroken. Giselle Boonchin left their home over spat over football. Well, if you're following the other American View media, you'll see a few days ago we actually had this about Giselle and Tom. Looks like their marriage is on the rocks. I mean, give us a break. You couldn't take care of these kids that you brought into this world. Football is a very short-lived career, but then again, how much more does Tom really need to play? spats over him returning to football but we'll see because now Giselle is going to be the villain and she's going to get attacked by all the football fans. At the end of the day do we even really give a shit? According to Sports Not, Cam Newton will not return to the NFL in a backup role. Not even going to bother. Who gives a shit? The guy stinks. He's been overhyped. Sure, he got him to the Super Bowl. Freaking head exploded. Don't know what happened. Such a big guy with all the potential in the world. And this guy's ego must have gotten his way. Didn't focus on football and just went in decline. What a waste. So according to Newsy, Serena and Venus Williams lose in first round of U.S. Open's doubles. Well, good. That'll be the end of Serena. No need to be bothered with these Williams sisters anymore. She lost in her singles. We're tired of them. We're tired of them sitting there being so critical of everything around them, using it as a platform for their own initiatives. And then what about Venus? Whatever happened to the person she apparently, I think, killed in a car accident, whatever that was. They led a really good life, 
give him credit for working hard and give her father credit for having them training at such a young age to become one of the greatest or if not the greatest tennis players in history. But enough now. Go off into the sunset. No one wants to deal with you anymore. Tennis is now going to have to rebrand, try to latch on to some other type of player that's hopefully going to be dominant. Time for sports. So in case you missed it, we have some basically top 20 college football scores that happened over the weekend. Number 17, Pitt beat West Virginia 38-31. Number 12, Oklahoma State beat Central Michigan 58-44. Number 15, Michigan State beat Western Michigan 35-13. NC State won 21-20 over East Carolina. Number 19, Arkansas beat number 23, Cincinnati 31-24. Number 8, Michigan Michigan 51 to 7 over Colorado State. Number 9 Oklahoma 45-13 over UTEP. Number 24 Houston 37 to 35 over the University of Texas San Antonio. Number 3 Georgia beats the crap out of number 11 Oregon. Well, there goes the Pac-10, 12, 14, whatever the hell they are these days. Number 25 BYU 50 to 21 over South Florida. Number 21 Mississippi 28-10 over Troy. Number 14, USC, 66-14 over Rice. Number 20, Kentucky, 37-13 over Miami of Ohio. Then we have an upset, Florida, unranked, 29-26 over number 7, Utah. Number 2, Ohio State, 21-10 over number 5, Notre Dame. And number 1, Alabama, blasts Utah State, 55 to nothing. <laughs> So that's going to do it for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go to theotheramericanview.com and send us your feedback. And remember, if you want to be on the show and have an email read, just send us an email through theotheramericanview.com. You want to come on the show and voice your view, have a rant, again, theotheramericanview.com, as well as if you want to debate a guest, please send us an email. And for this show to have continued success, please go to Patreon, The Other American View, and see what tier is right for you. Please go to Twitter and follow us. And wherever you're listening to our podcast, please like us. Again, tell all your friends and spread the word. There's a podcast out there for you and your voice. The Audience Participation Podcast, The Other American View. (laughs) 